Good afternoon, and welcome to the Friday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll have details on the USDA August WASDE report. Also, we'll be joined by Curtis Rempel with the Canola Council of Canada. And up first in today's country comment, I'll chat with Rachel Evans with FMC Canada. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon, you're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. Rachel Evans with FMC Canada was one of the presenters this week in Winkler at the series Global Seeds Field Tour. She was there talking about weed control. FMC is a agriculture science company. We uh, are primarily in um, the herbicide and insecticide market in Canada uh, with emphasis on the pre-seed herbicide um, space as well as our in-crop portfolio for cereals. And so a lot of what we um, focus on is on soil applied herbicides. So brands like Authority 480, Authority Supreme are very important um, for managing early wheat populations. Tell us a little bit about your uh, booth set up here today uh, near Winkler and uh, what you'll be focusing on. So uh, at our booth today, we're going to be focusing on how to tell pigweed species apart. So um, we have confirmed uh, water hemp and palmer amaranth species here in Manitoba. And these are uh, very important weeds. Um, they are very economically important weeds, especially in other places of the world, uh, south to us and in Ontario. And so um, we've got to prevent their spread. And in order to do that, you have to be able to tell which amaranth species you're looking at. I guess, uh, is there certain things to look for or, um, you know, what's, what are, what's some advice that you'll be giving here today? Yeah, there's uh, some key areas that we can look for. Um, and so what I'll be going through are uh, stems, are they hairy, are they not, um, petiole length, uh, the bracts, so the spaces where the petiole is attached to the, the main stem, as well as the inflorescence or seed head. What's the biggest concern with these types of weeds? So the big concern with water hemp and something like palmer amaranth is that they are um, prolific seed producers. So water hemp, for example, will produce over 250,000 seeds per plant. Um, and so we can't allow these plants to set seed. And so weed scientists agree that um, management starts with a soil applied herbicide because these plants will germinate for a very long extended period of time throughout the season. But we're not at that point yet in Manitoba. First things first is because these are noxious weeds, we have to make sure that we can identify them, find them, and then pull them um, as part of the fact that they are tier one noxious weeds. That was Rachel Evans with FMC Canada speaking earlier this week in Winkler. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon, I'm Corey Canute. The Canadian beef industry is giving an update on the 2020 to 2024 national beef strategy. In June of this year, Health Canada announced an exemption for ground beef from its proposed front of package labeling regulations. Ground beef and pork were recognized for their value as a nutritious whole food alongside all beef whole cuts. James Beckering is chair of the Canadian Beef Advisors and National Cattle Feeders. It was a big relief for us when they did uh, give that exemption. We had fought hard for that exemption at the time. It would have been the only single ingredient that would have had a front of pack labeling. We felt that it was that we needed to get that exemption. We don't want more confusion in the marketplace as to uh, to the quality and the, the nutritional values of beef. The Canadian Beef Advisors continue to monitor progress on the national strategy and 2030 goals with the development of goal working groups that are tasked with developing action plans. Growers who give canola crops time for all seeds to reach maturity can see a 10% increase in yield. 
Sean Sanko is with the Canola Council of Canada. So we want to be with the canola crop at uh, a minimum of 60% seed color change. And that'll guarantee us the, um, you know, the best chance at the highest yield. We've seen from uh, some of our surveys in the past here that over half the producers are cutting their crop um, before this timing. You know, in the past we've done work, we've seen from 30 to 40 percent compared to 60 to 70 percent, um, you know, over 10 percent um, yield gain by waiting for that, that seed color change. And a pair of Manitobans will be part of the second cohort of the Canadian Agricultural Youth Council. Chantel Gulaker and Boma Enkris will take part in the inaugural meeting to be held later this summer. The renewed council will see 15 new faces joining the 10 returning members serving a second term. The council's main task is to ensure that the perspectives of youth in agriculture are well understood and to help inform on policy programs, planning and decision making. Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada has given the council the mandate to make recommendations and help find solutions to issues facing young people in the ag sector. The members of this cohort will serve 18-month terms. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Ag Wire for Friday, August 12th. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, we'll chat with Curtis Rempel with the Canola Council of Canada. The Canola Council of Canada has unveiled a new program offering financial support to help growers initiate or advance 4R nutrient stewardship on canola acres. Funding for Canola 4R Advantage has been provided by Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada through the Agricultural Climate Solutions On-Farm Climate Action Fund. Curtis Rempel is Vice President of Crop Production and Innovation with the Canola Council. The Canola 4R Advantage is a is an incentive program. It's designed to help growers initiate or advance for our nutrient stewardship practices on canola acres, and it, it builds on our uh, on the Canadian canola growers' track record of sustainability. And we're pleased that we can help growers access uh, a funding base that helps us to keep building our excellent track record, and also really helps us with um, looking at achieving our strategic. Um, strategic directive of, of 26 million metric tons of canola. Talk about, um, you know, the how much uh, farmers will be eligible for. Yeah, okay. So um, our program, there's there's three streams. Our program is uh, is nitrogen management. We have four BMPs that, that are eligible, um, and they're all tied to uh, for our nutrient stewardship. And growers are eligible um, for each for two of the four BMPs, they can choose which is most most appropriate for their uh, particular operation or the uh, or their uh, proposed um, plan, and they're eligible for up to for six up to six thousand dollars per BMP or twelve thousand dollars per farm per year. And um, I guess talk a little bit more about how farmers enroll in the program, and um, you know, I guess some of the requirements that uh, they need to meet. Plan is to go to launch our uh, to go live with our uh, applica- web application portal on August 17th. So that our digital platform will then be open for uh, for farmers or agronomists who are working on behalf of farmers to apply for the funding. And and some of the, and and the criteria, yeah, they can the the uh, so it's tied to the the four BMPs um, around um, soil testing. Um, preferred application, um, uh, the field scripts for uh, for uh, for nutrient for zone management, and also the enhanced efficiency fertilizer. 
and you need to um, you're basically going to need uh, you know to qualify you need to be working with a 4R attested uh, 4R certified agronomist and have a 4R um, look to having a, either having started a 4R plan or looking to begin a 4R nutrient plan for the farm. And Curtis, uh, just talk a little bit more about why why this was chosen the the 4R nutrient stewardship and um, you know just the importance of of that program. Yeah, so the the 4R 4R nutrient stewardship is sort of globally recognized. It um, it's it's it, it's really t- you know it has been based or grounded on in strong science and evidence, which is important for uh, for us at the Canola Council as well. So. A really good history, uh, well recognized globally, and the real, you know, the if you're following it, sort of the four R nutrient stewardship guidelines, it really focuses on increased profitability and reduced production risk by managing nutrients effectively on the farm, nitrogen and others, and so it's really an uh, it's really about you know um, increasing your profitability as a grower and reducing production risk. And you'll be uh, partnering with Fertilizer Canada on on this and, and other initiatives. Well, Fertilizer Can- so Canola Council of Canada was the was the recipient of the of the uh, research or of the grant from the the federal government. Um, but we, Canola the the Fertilizer Canada is is a partner with with the Canola Council of Canada, and we work very closely on on for our nutrient stewardship. Uh, promotion and and promotion outreach etc and also you know shoring up the science uh, putting together a research uh, trials and all sorts of things so yeah fertilizer canada is a really strong partner with the canola council of canada and is also and and with uh, with industry agronomists or commercial agronomists so it's a really nice fit from that perspective all right, um, and Curtis, how is the uh, canola crop looking this year? Canola crop, for the most part, across the prairies. I mean, there's pockets um, that that um, where we've had some stress, and I guess you're well versed with the with the you know with Manitoba, um, just the the sheer amount of of, of rainfall um, delaying the crop er, in early season, early growing season. So the crop is behind in a lot of places. But it's looking really good, and I guess the belt, you know, the benchmark is last year when we had no water across the prairies, and relative to that, the crop is looking very, very good. Into flower and through flower, and, and in some places, we're probably getting close to starting to harvest some pockets of Canada, so I think it's, it's looking really good. That was Curtis Rample with the Canola Council of Canada talking about the Canola for our Advantage program. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return next week on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. The Canadian Wildlife Federation is offering a webinar on Canada's 10 most invasive plants. It'll take place August 30th from noon to 1 p.m. You can register on the Canadian Wildlife Federation website. Fall on the Farm takes place September 5th at the Mennonite Heritage Village in Steinbach. And the Cultivate Sustainability Conference and Trade Show takes place September 7th at the RBC Convention Centre in Winnipeg. Register for the conference at foodbeveragesmb.ca.
Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Friday afternoon, the USDA released its August WASDE report this morning. I got the details from John Drieger with Leftfield Commodity Research. I mean, these reports are always interesting, and, and I, I think the one in, in August here from USDA is, is, you know, first of all, you get a an update on on their expectations on on yield, and and so in the case of corn, it's it's kind of on the backside of its most critical weather window, and and for soybeans, we're sort of walking through the middle of it. But but also uh, this month was was interesting in the sense that. Uh, uh, they resurveyed uh, acres for the Dakotas in Minnesota because of the late planting, and so there was you know, also some interest in, in what they would do with that. So, uh, uh, you know, uh, I guess the short answer is is that actually very few changes on the acreage side, and so uh, uh, it looks like you know farmers uh, largely got the crop in, even though there was the was the late start. Uh, but from uh, an overall yield perspective, uh, the a little bit lower on the corn, a little bit lower than what uh, what the market was expecting. So a little friendly on the corn, but a little a little negative on the beans. They actually bumped the yield up, and and that came in above expectations. And so, uh, from a production perspective, maybe uh, you know, a little bit bearish on the on the soybean side. And I guess just talk a bit more about I guess the uh, market reaction. Yeah. So so initially, actually, all, all markets really. Uh, broke pretty hard immediately after the numbers came out and it sort of dragged lower by soybeans. You know, that, that larger soybean crop uh, kind of increased their carryout expectation a little bit for the coming year. So, so again, the, the soybean side was viewed as, as being bearish. But, you know, now about an hour after the numbers have come out, you know, corn has recovered. It's, it's kind of trading either side of unchanged and, and the beans are, are still negative, but, but off the lows. So there was sort of a, an initial knee-jerk break lower and, you know, beans a little softer, maybe appropriately so given the, given the larger production, but, but things have sort of settled out here a little bit and uh, maybe markets sort of looking at that corn number, not negative for the corn market. And, and so kind of gain back here what it lost initially. And how are the uh, crops coming along uh, south of the border? Yeah, overall, you know, it's, it's, uh, how do you say, overall not bad. I mean, it really is a bit mixed. Uh, you know, it is, there's definitely some, some dryness and heat in the, uh, uh, western corn belt, you know, and, and that's, I think, where we're starting to see so a little bit of a dip in crop ratings, you know, not dramatically so, seeing that corn yield come off a little bit. Again, you know, I, I think soybeans actually held up surprisingly well. Uh, you know, given some of the weather that we've had, and maybe that's where it sort of caught the market off guard a little bit. But uh, maybe that chapter is is not fully written yet here as well. So uh, still a little bit weather watch mode. Certainly uh, uh, some areas of concern, but uh, but generally, uh, you know, ratings, let's call it average-ish, uh, you know, to, to kind of over oversimplify it a little bit. That was John Drieger with Leftfield Commodity Research, recapping this morning's USDA August WASDE reports. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. The USDA released its August WASDE report this morning. John Drieger is with Leftfield Commodity Research. Very few changes on the acreage side. Uh, it looks like you know farmers uh, largely got the crop in, even though there was the was the late start. But from uh, an overall yield perspective, uh, the a little bit lower on the corn, a little bit lower than what uh, what the market was expecting. So a little friendly on the corn, but a little a little negative on the beans. They actually bumped the yield up, and and that came in above expectations. And so, uh, from a production perspective, maybe uh, you know a little bit bearish on the on the soybean side.
The Canola Council of Canada has unveiled a new program offering financial support to help growers initiate or advance 4R nutrient stewardship on canola acres. The program will reimburse growers for up to 85% of eligible costs, up to $12,000 per farm per year. Funding for Canola 4R Advantage has been provided by Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada through the Agricultural Climate Solutions on Farm Climate Action Fund. The program will provide incentives for canola growers to use best management practices in four areas, soil testing, enhanced efficiency fertilizers, preferred application, and field zone mapping. Canola 4R Advantage will begin accepting applications August 17th. And the Canola Council of Canada is recommending farmers swath canola when the main stem shows at least 60% colour change. Here's agronomy specialist Sean Sanko. As a 60% seed colour change, the field's variable. You want to be looking for some of the um, latest maturing to make sure you're, you're getting, getting all that yield. So look for that spot and check multiple spots. But when you do it, you pull the plant, you pull a pod from the bottom, a pod from the middle, and a pod from the top. The bottom pod should be all seed colour changed, brown, black seed. Middle as well, maybe a bit of green speckling yet. And then the top, the key is to make sure that all those seeds, they may be greener, but um, that they roll hard between your um, fingers and don't squash. If it's squash it, those would be the ones that dry down. A 2020 Canola Council survey of 1,000 canola growers suggests many are cutting too early, leaving yield on the table. And the Canadian beef industry is making progress on the 2020 to 2024 national beef strategy. One of the highlights is Canada's attainment of BSE negligible risk status from the World Organization for Animal Health in May of 2021. James Beckering is chair of the Canadian Beef Advisors and National Cattle Feeders. It's been uh, something that we've worked uh, as, uh, as many organizations getting that negligible risk status. And hopefully that'll add access to our product globally uh, going forward and also uh, reduce some of the barriers and some of the costs of uh, production inside of the plants here in Canada. The Canadian Beef Advisors continue to monitor progress on the national beef strategy and 2030 goals with the development of goal working groups that are tasked with developing action plans. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can join us back here on Monday starting at 12 noon.